0: At the end of the game, you got to get it out of his hands. Oh, it's, not, it's over! It's over, ladies and gentlemen! What's up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the 3&D, I'm Paul Barley and I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Review and Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. In tonight's episode, we'll be taking a look at some of this week's top headlines, including Clay Thompson's return to play, Dirk Nowitzki's jersey retirement, some of the top college games of the week in, uh, in college basketball, the new AP poll that came out today, and later I'll be revealing the first edition of of my college player of the year top 10. Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everybody is enjoying basketball, enjoying the NBA, enjoying college basketball. There's been a lot of stuff that's been going on uh, over the past week or so. Um, A lot of movement in both leagues. So, you know, we're going to jump right into things. And without any further ado, um, we'll uh, go over a few of the top headlines. But, First notice, you can you can also follow at the three and D on Twitter to stay updated with breaking news around the leagues and news on episodes and uploads. It's been a little quiet on Twitter recently, but resurrecting it a bit and going to be tweeting out um, each episode where to find it. If you you know can't watch it live, um, and also just my thoughts on things throughout the week. You know, since I only go live on Monday, if you want to know my thoughts about certain big things that go down. Check it out. Uh, Check it out on Twitter. So, a couple of big, a couple of interesting headlines that I thought uh, were pretty notable to um, during the week. First off, Kiefer Sykes gets a guaranteed deal from the Pacers. Now, obviously, uh, most NBA fans probably have no idea who Kiefer Sykes is probably still don't um this is kind of like this is more of an interesting one that i thought was really kind of cool um this was one of the best 10-day contract stories Kiefer sykes a 20 is a 28 year old rookie made his nba debut after six seasons overseas and in the g league he played at green bay from 2011 to 2015 um has spent Several years now overseas, trying to make a name for himself um, in the NBA. And he finally got a 10-day contract with the Pacers. He was playing for the Pacers G League team. Uh, Got a 10-day contract because of all the COVID uh, guys that went out. And he... Absolutely played, absolutely great. Uh, Kyle Guy is another one too, who got a second 10 day contract with Miami Heat. But Kiefer Sykes got a guaranteed deal for the rest of the season with the Pacers. And the Pacers, you know, have not been great this year. Lance Stevenson, um, they brought in too, so it's kind of been a down year for them. So it's really a main reason why I have this as a top storyline is because I thought it was really cool. Um, I think that these 10 day contract, the these COVID. Injuries, obviously, people going on the COVID list, and um, you know, a lot of that kind of making its way through the league has also given a lot of G League players and guys who have been trying to make it into the league uh, chances to get ten-day contracts and even stick on some teams. We've saw, we even saw three Division Two guys make get some ten-day contracts. Um, this go around Jalen Adams being one of them who had already, uh, played in the NBA a couple of years ago from Molloy college in New York. But it's a few, a few division two guys got some 10 day contracts and Kiefer Sykes, I think was just a really cool one. Um, played at university of green Bay. Um, has been six years overseas, 28 years old, rookie and, has completely balled out for the Pacers since they gave him a ten-day contract, and he's he's going to stick his way. So you, I th- I think it's just, I think it's just really cool, you know, some of these guys getting ten-day contracts and um, possibly even making some NBA careers for themselves and stick around for a couple a couple of years instead of just this one year, which I think I think is pretty awesome. And more notable, Clay Thompson made his return Sunday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. First game back for Clay since the 2019 NBA Finals. Obviously, he tore his ACL in the NBA Finals and then tore his ACL again, um, having a setback when he was trying to rehab. So he missed all of the 1920 and 2021 20, seasons and a good portion of the 21-22 season, uh, rehabbing that injury. And it was a devastating injury. This is the first time we saw Clay Thompson play in two and a half years. And Jumped right back into things like he never left. 17 points on seven of 18 shooting was three for eight from downtown, three rebounds, one assist, one block. And the Warriors were able to beat the Cavs 96 to So I thought it was pretty fitting that they played the Cavs um, in Clay's first game back at, it was at home. It was at the Chase Center for Golden State, but I thought it was very fitting that they were playing the Cavaliers, you know, having played them so many times in the NBA finals. Um, during LeBron's tenure there. I thought that that was really cool. Obviously a lot of people saw the Draymond Green thing too. Draymond Green had a calf injury, wasn't going to play, decided to suck it up and take the court. Um he only played he only ended up playing three seconds, uh two or three seconds. The, the tip off went to the Cavs and he immediately fouled him to left the game and didn't come back in. But he started, you know, out of respect for Clay um, so I thought that was pretty cool. So, you know, dub nation had a couple of cool things going on over the weekend, you know, clay Thompson. It's a cool thing for any NBA fan though, too, because clay's been out of the game for so long that, um, he, you know, he's such a good player too, that it's great to see. It's great. The NBA is better when he's around and, um, the league as a whole is a lot better when he's around. So, you know, Glad to see uh, Clay making his return. Then another, another pretty interesting one too. Dirk's jersey got retired by the map. So Dirk Nowitzki, this past week, had his had his number forty one hung to the rafters um, in Dallas. He obviously spent twenty one seasons with the Dallas Mavericks. Spent his entire career there. You know, all us NBA fans, all us. 20 to 30-year-olds like myself know how amazing Dirk was, um, idolized him. He was my favorite player growing up, um, an absolute absolute star, best-shooting big man of all time, I believe, 20.7 points a game for his career, seven and a half boards, shot 38% from three for his career, was a 14-time All-Star, 2011 NBA champion, and finals MVP, 50-40-90 club, um, absolutely incredible uh, career for Dirk and um you know he retired after the 1819 season so it took a little time for them to retire his number they were going to do it last year but because there there was no time where there was 100% full capacity um they wanted to wait until they were able to have 100% um capacity in order to retire his number so they waited for that and, you know, a few years in the making because he did retire three years ago. But um Dirk's jersey finally gets retired for the Mavs. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, not much of a shock in any in any aspect. One of the best players of all time. Top 75 player, my opinion, arguably top 25 player of all time. But, you know, that's that's definitely up for debate. So jumping over. To our last piece of news from this week, uh, Bull Bull was traded. So the Nuggets and Pistons agreed on a trade. Bull Bull is heading to the Detroit Pistons, and the Denver Nuggets are getting rod shooting guard Rodney McCruder and a 2022 second round pick in exchange for Bull Bull. Obviously, um, Bull Bull had a ton of talent coming out, former five star recruit, son of the the late, great Grave Um It's an opportunity for the former five-star recruit to get more minutes is the bottom line. He's completely fallen out of the rotation with the Nuggets. Uh, he was on a two-way contract. They gave him a roster spot, and he's barely been able to stay on the court for the Nuggets. More more, just because um, they're a competitive team. You know, uh, They already have a lot of good big men, so it's difficult to find uh, some room for him. So it kind of... <laughs> Fell out of the rotation in Denver. Uh, but Pistons could very well be his best opportunity. Um, he's gonna get some minutes playing for the Pistons. You know, Pistons are obviously rebuilding. They're looking for young talent like Bull Bull. They give up they gave up a second round pick this year for him. And Rodney McGruder, who was kind of just a throw-in veteran that the Nuggets could play around with um to to come off their bench, may not get a ton of minutes, but uh mainly it was an exchange it was so the Nuggets could drop bull and so that um the Pistons can add some more young talent and you know Nuggets were able to grab his second round pick on top of it. So pretty good for both sides, in my opinion. You know, Denver wasn't even utilizing him. I think he's a good young talent. He's still very young. Um he's twenty-one, I believe, or twenty-two. You know, he came out when he was a freshman. He's Seven two with good with good ball handling skills. Um, can shoot, can do a little bit of everything. Doesn't do anything amazing, and he's a he's very big raw talent, which is why he hasn't gotten the minutes that you know a lot of people probably thought that that he would. Um, you know, he was arguably going to be a lottery pick too. Um when he came out and ended up going the second round. So there's a reason, but they're slowly bringing him along. He'll probably, he might play in the G League a little bit for Detroit, and yeah, you know, um, then he'll probably make his way onto the team. But Bull Bull, trade to the Pistons, which I thought was great situation for him um, to possibly start to get some more minutes. So that's enough for the NBA for uh, this episode. Not Really too much going on in the NBA. We're going to jump over to college basketball because that's where the craziness is happening. And we'll check out the new AP poll that dropped uh, today for this week. The new AP poll obviously comes out every Monday. Baylor remained at number one. Gonzaga jumped up to number two. UCLA jumped from five to three. So the top three is now Baylor, Gonzaga, UCLA. Auburn jumped up five spots from nine to four. Uh, they joined the top five. USC also joins the top five. So we got a Pac-12. We got two Pac-12 uh, participants in the top five now In um, on the AP poll. USC joins the top five at number five. Um, Purdue falls four spots after their tough loss um, this past week. They fell four spots from three to seven. Duke also fell six spots from two to eight. So a tough week for Duke as well. Um, they fell six spots from two to eight. Kansas fell three spots from uh, six to nine. So we got a lot of the blue bud blood. Blue bloods were falling a bit in some of the other uh, some of the other really good teams that are kind of the unsung teams have moved a little higher up. LSU also jumped up nine spots. They uh, had the second biggest jump. Uh, This week behind Wisconsin, but LSU jumped nine spots from 21 to 12 after a big week. Wisconsin was the big winner in this year in this week's top 25. They jumped up 10 spots from 23 to 13. Villanova jumped up nine, jumped up five spots after a couple of good conference wins um, from 19 to 14. Texas Tech also after beating Kansas. Kansas ended up falling three spots because of the loss to Texas Tech. Texas Tech jumped six spots for that win. Uh, They jumped from 25 last week to 19 Texas fell again. You know, Texas is just, it's a shame because they should be so much better than they actually are. Um, You know, we all thought going into the season, they were going to be one of the more dominant teams in college basketball. Uh, They were all over the transfer portal. Got Marcus Carr, who was seen as the number one guy in the transfer market who hasn't done that much this year, but Texas, Jumped all the way back up to 14 this past week, and now fell seven spots again to 21. So they're barely hanging on to the top 25. Providence, uh, would de- made its way all the way up to 16 this past week, and they fell seven spots after some losses, and from 16 to 23. Alabama had a couple of bad losses; they fell nine spots. So they're the biggest loser, um, in this this week's top 25. They fell from 15 to 24, so they're barely in the top 25. And Illinois, the Fighting Illini, have rejoined the top 25 at number 25. After a couple more big wins, Illinois was in the top 25 to start the season. They fell out after a couple of weeks and were not back in for a while, and now they're finally back in. So good to see them back in there. Kovi Coburn having an amazing season. Uh, Player of the Year candidate without a doubt be going over my top 10 very soon but those are some of the winners alabama i'm telling you alabama has possibly the most interesting um team in college basketball this year because they've beat they've had some huge resume wins and some terrible resume losses you know, they fell nine spots again from 15, to 24, you know, they've hovered around the top 10 and now they're almost falling out of the top 25. They just keep on going back and forth. They don't know their identity yet. It's, it's absolutely crazy to, to see, but Alabama falling nine spots again from 15, to 24. So jumping over from the AP poll, we'll go over some of the top college games of the week. Uh, we've got a pretty solid slate of conference of conference games going on right now. Um, it's, I think it's going to be a really good week. Uh, for to in to lead us off, we got tomorrow night. Number nineteen Texas Tech take on number one Baylor tomorrow night at seven o'clock. Uh, Texas Tech knocked off Kansas this past week, so they jumped six spots from twenty five to nineteen. Uh, they're eleven and three so far this season, one and one in conference play. They end can their one win being Kansas on Saturday. Uh, Kevin McCuller. And Bryson Williams have been two of their unsung heroes so far this season. They haven't had Terrence Shannon Jr. for most of the season. And uh, the main, you know, I'm watching some of that Texas Tech versus Kansas game, the main key was uh, that defense. And that comes from Mark Adams. You know, they hired him to be their head coach, due to, mainly due to his uh, defensive mindset and Texas Tech's defense was spot on and they were suffocating Kansas. They had a tremendous game plan, um, led by McCullough and Bryson Williams, two of two of the kind of the unsung heroes that aren't really talked about as much in the Big 12, but Texas Tech um coming off a big win. They'll be looking to give their big Big 12 rival Baylor their first loss of the season. Baylor's 15 and 0 they've been the number one team in the country the last few weeks. They Beat Oklahoma and TCU so far in conference play. They're 3-0 in conference play. Uh, James Akinjo has been their best player, in my opinion, him and Kendall Brown. Akinjo's uh, transfer from Arizona. He started at Georgetown, transferred to Arizona, then transferred to Baylor. He kind of is the heir apparent to Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler um, in that Baylor backcourt. They, they lost both of those guys, obviously, to the draft this past year. But Akinjo kind of has stepped in and has made a big name for himself. The, he was a big prospect coming into Georgetown. would looked pretty solid, went to Arizona, didn't really do a ton at Arizona, tr- transferred again. And Baylor liked what they saw, and he's starting to fill out his potential on a good Bears team. So this will definitely be an interesting one. Um, nice little Big 12 rivalry right there, Texas Tech versus Baylor. So, interested to see how that goes down. And then, also Tuesday night, but at 8 o'clock, we got another Big 12 game. Number 15, Iowa State taking on number 9, Kansas. Iowa State was undefeated for the longest time until they lost to Baylor. Uh, they're 13-2 now on the season, 1-2 and two in conference play. They also lost to Oklahoma on Saturday, so they went from being a top-10 team to falling down to 15 this past week. So this is an important game for both teams because Iowa State Iowa State loses this game they fall to 1 and 3 in conference play and then they're going to start People are going to start questioning if they're actually legit or if they were a little bit of a fluke to be in the season. And Kansas, too. Kansas is just coming off a bad loss to Texas Tech. They need a nice little statement win right here. Knocking off Iowa State would be a good win. But if they lose to Iowa State, they're going to fall even f- further out of the top 10. So um, this, I think, is a very important game for both teams. But um, Isaiah Brockington has been the star for Iowa state this year averaging 17 points, eight boards. He's really been the only notable guy putting up numbers. They've had a bunch of other role players who have done well and have had solid seasons, but Brockington has been the star for them. Um, And Kansas on the other hand is 12 and two on the season. They're and one in conference play lost to Texas tech on Saturday. Obviously that was their one loss um, in conference play a Baji. O'Shea Baji and Christian Brown have been their two studs on um, their two leading scorers. Baji's averaging 20 points a game. Christian Brown averaging 16. Uh, their grad senior Remy Martin has been a little bit of a disappointment, only averaging nine points and three assists. Uh, we saw a lot better numbers from him when he was at Arizona state. I think that Kansas has uh, been, ex- has expected a lot more production out of him, but he hasn't done a ton of, so far this season, but you know, he's done enough to keep Kansas competitive. So number 15, Iowa state taking on number nine, Kansas, nice little big 12 rivalry right there taking place Tuesday night at eight uh, o'clock. That'll be another good one. Then we'll get a little SEC matchup going on Tuesday night uh, as well. Tuesday night at nine o'clock, we got number four, Auburn, Auburn rising all the way up to the top five this week, taking on number 24, Alabama, Auburn 14 and one this year, three and zero in conference play. They beat Florida on Saturday. Jabari Smith has been one of the best freshmen in the nation. Pot, potential, but not really potential, a probable top five pick in this year's NBA draft, 15.5 points, 6.4 boards so far. Katie Johnson, too, has been um, one of their unsung heroes, averaging 12.8 points. Uh, he's He's had a great season for Auburn, stepping up and, you know, kind of taking place in that front court. And, you know, he's been, he's just been playing well and Auburn 14 and one in the season, they have been rolling and this could be another big win, but this could also be a huge win for Alabama and you cannot count Alabama out because Alabama is 11 of four this year. They're two and one in conference play. They lost to Missouri on Saturday, which is why part of the reason why they fill nine spots because Uh, or 10 spots, I think it was. They fell from 14 to 24. But part of the reason why they fell that far was losing to Missouri on Saturday. Missouri is not a good team. But they have such an interesting resume. They've beaten Gonzaga, Houston, and Tennessee. And at the time of playing those three teams, they were all top 15 teams. So they have three top 15 wins. But they've also lost to Iona, Memphis, Davidson, and now Missouri. Now, Iona is a good mid-major. Davidson's a good mid-major. Memphis should be a lot better than they are. They have been struggling big time, but they should be a lot better than they are. And Missouri's just not really that good. They just don't have a ton of talent. But compared to Alabama, who's who could arguably be a, a title contender um, and one of the top teams in the SEC, those are terrible losses. Um, if They lost to Iona at the beginning of the season, and you know losing to Davidson just can't happen. Especially for a team that not that can beat Gonzaga, Houston, and Tennessee, but can, but then loses to Iona, Memphis, Davidson, and Missouri. It's the Alabama's had a very very interesting season to start the year. Um, don't really even know what you can expect from them at this point. Um, it's it's definitely really interesting. So that's going to be a good matchup. I think it could be. It's it should be a. a good win um if auburn comes away with it it would be a good win for auburn but it could be another what yet again another statement win for alabama just add a fourth team to their impressive resume of wins um or at a fifth loss to the season. So it'll be interesting. Then we got a big East rivalry going on on Wednesday at six 30. We got number 14 Villanova taking on number 17 Xavier. Xavier has been fantastic this year. Villanova has been struggling a little bit, but they ri- rose up the top 25 again this week after being DePaul on Saturday. Um The ha- team has not been strong. You know, this is definitely not one of the stronger Villanova teams we've seen over the past 10 years by any means um colin gillespie is a stud but outside of him jermaine samuels is good they have a bunch of role players but nothing that really stands out and makes you think that they're a real title contender this year um i think that they're a very good team definitely are going to compete to win the big east as they always do but xavier is hot on their tail and xavier has been good this year they're 12 and 2 2 and 1 in conference play um they beat butler this past weekend uh Butler has not been good this year, but Nate Johnson has been one of their best players, averaging 12.7 points, big man. Um Xavier also got Paul Scruggs and Zach Fremantle who haven't even put up huge numbers this year who were the star players from last year. Um and Nunji too who was transferred from Iowa who has had a very good season. So Xavier Xavier's got a good good little squad uh put together to compete in the Big East this year. I like what I've seen of them. I've seen I've watched a few of their games and you know, they they play they play tough. Um they've got good gritty players. Uh they give 110% every single game, you know. I like what I see and this this should be a good game. You know, this could be this movie isn't a very important win for both teams, you know. Xavier's legit. They can knock off if Xavier wants to prove they're legit. They should not. They can knock off Villanova if uh, Villanova, you know, isn't as much of a fluke as you know we think that they are so far this season. They'll then um, they'll beat Xavier. So I think it'll be an interesting one. And then that's that's really the only game on Wednesday. So Thursday. Thursday night 7, we got a little big 10 matchup, number 16 Ohio State taking on number 13 Wisconsin. Wisconsin uh jumped 10 spots this week from 23 to 13. We'll be going over Johnny Davis in a little bit, but Ohio State's 10 and 3 so far this season. They're 3 and 1 in conference play. They beat Northwestern, but they lost to Indiana um this past week, so that was that's why they fell a little bit. EJ Liddell, another national player of the year front runner. Uh, he's been he's had a ridiculous season so far. 18.9.7.4 boards. Um, he's been absolutely amazing. And then on Wisconsin side, uh, they're 13 and 2, 3-0 in conference play. They beat Purdue, Iowa, and Maryland this past week, which is why they rose 10 spots for 23 to 13. I mean, they knocked off if you knock off Purdue, Iowa, and Maryland all in the same week. You're you're gonna you're gonna raise up pretty high in the top 25, and that's exactly what they did. Johnny Davis, you know this is this game. The real storyline of this game is the national player of the year um, battle. You have arguably the two front runners right now in EJ Liddell for Ohio State and Johnny Davis for Wisconsin. Both both of them have been absolutely balling this year, having tremendous seasons, um, and I think it's going to be. A very tough matchup. It's always a good one when we when we see Ohio State taking on Wisconsin, and then we got a little WCC matchup. We got BYU taking on number ten, number two Gonzaga. Almost said number ten. Don't know why. Number two Gonzaga. BYU BYU versus number two Gonzaga. BYU started off the season in the top twenty five. They even got as high as close as either in the top 10 or right around the top 10, I believe. I can't even remember. But they're 14-3 and 3 this season, 2-0 so far in conference play. Uh, their only big win was St. Mary's in conference play. But BYU's got a very, very good squad. Um, they're not in the top 25 right now, but a win against Gonzaga will 100% get them in the top 25 next week. I'll tell you that. Um, Alex Barcelo. It's had another good season. Uh, their grad senior averaging 16.6 points a game. Their transfer, Tijon Lucas, has been their uh, ball, main ball handler, averaging 10 points and five assists so far this year. And Gonzaga, on the other hand, is 12 and 2. They're 1 and 0 so far in conference play, and they're 1 with three or four games being canceled or postponed due to COVID. Um, that's why they've only played one conference game so far. Uh, their one conference win came against Pepperdine. So this is their first real conference uh, matchup. So I think this will be a good one. It's Thursday at 11 o'clock. Drew Timmy obviously been the star for Gonzaga, but they've had star power coming from everywhere. Chet Holmgren, who's going to be a top pick in this year's NBA draft. Julian Strother has had a great year. Um, Andrew Nemhardt has also had a great year. They got a ton of depth, and you know Gonzaga is going to be Gonzaga. That's that's for sure. So now jumping back over to the Big Ten, we got Michigan at number twenty-five. Illinois, Illinois, jumping back into the top twenty-five this week, taking place Friday at nine o'clock. Michigan has been such a letdown this year. Probably the biggest letdown in college basketball. They're seven and six. Overall this this season so far, they're 0-2 in conference play. Um, they play Purdue on Tuesday, and then they play Illinois on Friday. So they have a very tough week um, where they could easily fall 7-8 and 8 if they don't watch themselves. But they were supposed to be one of the top teams in the nation. Hunter Dickinson has a pretty solid year, 16.1 points, 8.8 boards. But everyone else, um, they've had a couple of big freshmen that have come in, Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate. Um who have not had amazing seasons. Diabate could be a, a player that might have to stay a few years. Houston might um, still be able to go into the NBA draft, be a first round pick just because of his potential. But uh, Michigan has been struggling big time this year. And on the other hand, Illinois, um, ranked number 25 in the nation. They're 11 and three uh, this season, two and zero in conference play. They, take on Nebraska on Tuesday, and then they got Michigan on Friday. So Kofi Coburn uh, has been their stud, obviously, with Noah more Desumu. Kofi Coburn has um, taken over as the star player and has not disappointed, averaging 22.5 points, 12.5 rebounds, and one block a game so far. He's been an absolute beast so far this season. He's been absolutely ridiculous. Um, So – definitely an exciting matchup Michigan for Michigan and Illinois kind of created a pretty solid rivalry last season. So interested to see how this one goes. And then another sec matchup, we got number 22 Tennessee taking on number 18 Kentucky Saturday night or Saturday afternoon at one o'clock part of the Saturday afternoon slate. Tennessee is 10 and four this season, one and two so far in conference play. They fell all the way down to 22 because they lost to LSU um and lsu jumped up big time this past week they also have south carolina on tuesday so south carolina tuesday kentucky on saturday kennedy chandler has been their star player 13.8 points 5.2 assists potential first round pick in this year's nba draft uh in kentucky on the other hand is 12 and 12 and 3 so far this year two and one in conference play they're taking on vanderbilt on Tuesday. They've been good they've been hovering right around that 10 to 20 range the entire season Oscar Shebway has been their star uh transfer from West Virginia averaging 16.2 points 15 point2 rebounds leading, leads all of college basketball in rebounding 1.5 blocks he's been an absolute stud so um that's gonna be a, definitely going to be a good matchup and then jumping back over to the big 12 <coughs> we got West Virginia taking on number nine Kansas West Virginia unranked right now. Uh, we already went over Kansas, but West Virginia is 12-2, and 1-1 one and one in conference play. They're taking on Oklahoma State on Tuesday, and then they got Kansas on Saturday. Taz Sherman's been their star player, averaging 20 points a game, one of the top scorers in the Big 12 this year. Him and Abaji um, are two 20-plus per-game scorers that will be going up against each other in this matchup. This will definitely be an interesting one. And then another Big 12 matchup, we'll have number 21 Texas taking on number 15 Iowa State already went over Iowa state before this is Iowa state's second ranked game of the week, but Texas in need in desperate need of a good win. Um, They're 12 and three so far this season, two and one so far in conference play. They lost to Oklahoma state on Saturday. That's why they fell so much. Timmy Allen has been one of their star players, 11.9 point 6.9 rebounds, you know, going into the season with their loaded roster, you would not have expected Timmy Allen to be their star player, but Here we are, you know, Texas has been just taking what they can get at this point from any talent that they can get it from. Um, So, but Texas-Iowa State is always going to be a good matchup. And then, and we'll show a little Pac-12 love. I completely acknowledge that I don't show enough Pac-12 love on the show. Um, And now since we have two Pac-12 teams in the top five, uh i'll have to include them but oregon has been one of the most disappointing teams in college basketball this year they were supposed to be very good they're eight and six so far this season they're 1-0 though in conference play um they but they got three conference games coming up this week they're taking on oregon state ucla and then usc so they have three top five teams or two top five teams this week oregon state has not been good this year they've been actually terrible um so that should be a win, but two big games, UCLA and USC, to try to get their season more back on track. If they somehow pull off those two wins, you know, they go from being a laughing stock to eleven and six and having two top five wins. So you so you really never know. Will Richardson's been their leading scorer. Um he's been their best player the last couple of years in Oregon, um, 13.6 points a game. And then USC on the other hand, still undefeated. They're 13-0, 1-0 in conference play so far. Isaiah Mobley, Evan Mobley's brother, has been the star for them. 15.3 points, 9.5 boards. Boogie Ellis has also had a great year. Um, USC has been doing everything right. They're undefeated, and they're looking to remain undefeated. Uh, can't, I'm excited for that that eventual U- UCLA-USC matchup, though, because it's been a while since those two teams uh we're two of the top 10 teams in the nation and going up against each other. So I'm definitely excited to, uh, to check that out when that comes on, when that comes up uh, later on in the schedule, but Oregon versus number five, USC Saturday at 11 PM, us East coasters Um, always gets uh s- some late stars for the PAC 12. It's probably part of the reason why I don't show them as much love. Don't get to see them as often. Only got to, Only get to see the highlights, but you know, going to give them some love this week as they got two top five teams. So those are the top college games of the week. And for our last segment, before we wrap up the show, we'll be going over my first of this of the college basketball season, my first National Player of the Year ladder. So I'm going to give you guys my top ten players, in my opinion, on who I think uh, leads the National Player of the Year rankings right now and who my top 10 is. So without any further ado, we'll jump right into it. We'll start at number 10. Um, at number 10, I got James Akinjo from Baylor. Um, what he's been able to do for the bears this season. I think he's been their all around their best player um, for the number one team in the country. Uh, he's been, I, Fran for had a tremendous comparison um, on When Baylor took on Iowa State a week ago, um, he compared him to college basketball's Kyle Lowry, and I think that was a tremendous comparison. Very similar play types. 14.4 points, 6.1 assists, 2.5 rebounds, 2.2 steals. A gritty player, plays good defense, and can shoot, too, averaging shooting 41.4% from three this season. He's been an all-around great player, you know, a guy who... Was a big recruit coming into Georgetown. Uh, played well at Georgetown, but was not on a great Georgetown team. Tried to tried his luck at Arizona. Didn't really uh, have so much success at Arizona. And now has finally found a home with Baylor. So you like to see it. He's only a junior, too. So he could have two more years after this of eligibility with the extra year um, of eligibility that every player gets from last season. So I think that that's um this is definitely a really cool thing well he's he's actually a senior i should say um he wasn't able to redshirt uh his in his second season because um even though he played 7 games for uh for Georgetown before transferring to Arizona but he is a senior so he'll have another year after this um but it's James Akinjo at number 10 then number 9 we got Jaden Ivy from Purdue ivy has been Purdue's best player this season. Purdue was at number one for one week, but they've been in the top 10 the entire season. Uh, Having a dominant year, averaging 16.2 points, 5.1 boards, 3 assists, 1.3 steals. Going to be a top 10 pick in this year's NBA draft most likely as of now. Um, He's had a great season so far. I think that uh, he's the real engine behind the Boilermakers. So He hasn't put up quite the he's put up some great numbers i mean 16 points five boards for a college player is fantastic numbers um don't get me wrong with three assists and 1.3 steals but some of the other guys have definitely there's been some other guys putting up some gaudier numbers that have higher on the list and number eight we have another freshman we got jabari smith from auburn jabari smith's been the star player for auburn auburn rose all the way up to number four this week in the ap poll uh jabari smith can arguably be the first overall pick in this year's draft you know there's some mock drafts that have him being number one it's really i i've seen most mock drafts have really varied between holmgren benchero and jabari smith um, have been one, one of those three is going to be the number one pick as of now. But Jabari Smith has had a great year for Auburn, 15.5 points, 6.4 boards, 2.1 assists, and 1.5 steals. He's number eight in my player of the year rankings. Um, he's been the difference maker for Auburn this season. They've had some injury issues, had you know a bunch of guys leave after last year, but he stepped in and has completely dominated for them. Number seven, I got Oscar Shebway of Kentucky. Um, I think that Shebway kind of gets slept on a little bit. He leads all college basketball in rebounding. I mean, he's putting up some ridiculous numbers, 16.1 points, 15.2 rebounds. I mean, 15.2 rebounds is a stupid number in the NBA, let alone college basketball where you only play 40 minutes and the game's a lot different too. Can't grab, you know, some of the a lot of the numbers are not going to be as excessive as the NBA is. But Shebway has been amazing this year. You know, he was a huge recruit for West Virginia. Never really panned out for them. Missed a lot of time, um, transferred to Kentucky this offseason and has really found a home with the Wildcats. And uh, he's a menace down low. One on top of the 15 rebounds he's bringing down per game, he's also averaging at 1.5 blocks and 1.3 steals per game. So he's doing it on the defensive end, uh, mostly with 16 points as well. He's updated the offensive game a ton, and you know, you like to see it. So, number seven, Oscar Shebway, At number six, we got Oshay Abaji from Kansas. Um, Kansas has been. Tremendous again this year, and abaji has been their star player. Uh, four-year guy, he's a senior this year, 20.5 points a game. I think that he's going he might end up being a first-round pick this year, and it's all because he stayed for all those years. He's been an NBA prospect the last several years, a borderline first-round pick who's decided to continue to go back. He's always been good on the defensive end, but he completely uh, re- redid his offensive game, and it's showing. It's absolutely showing, 20.5 points a game. He's shooting 47.3% from three this season as well. So I think Obagi has not only been the star player of Kansas, he's also been one of the best players in the nation. So I got him at number six in my top ten. At number five, now the top five gets pretty – Intense. I think these five guys have been the clear cut five best players in college basketball this season. At number five, the first one, we got Keegan Murray from Iowa. Uh, Keegan Murray has been absolutely ridiculous this season. Um, he was a bench player for them last year, showed a little bit of potential, but I don't think anybody expected him to step in and put up the kind of numbers that he's put up this year. He's Big at 6'8 and does a little bit of everything. He's elevated himself to a potential lottery pick in this upcoming NBA draft. He's averaging 24.7 points, 7.9 boards, 1.3 assists, 2.1 blocks, and 1.5 steals. So he's literally doing everything. He's doing everything on the offensive end, he's doing everything on the defensive end. Iowa is has had a decent season. They're obviously the lost Luca Garza, lost Joe Wieskamp, lost CJ Frederick. So they're not nearly as stacked as they were in years past, but Keegan Murray has stepped up and has been their star player. And I think if Iowa was a consistent top 25 team, they'd be higher than number five. He'd be higher than number five on my list. He'd probably be in my top three if Iowa was a top top 25 team, but um, Keegan Murray has to be in the top five with how well he's been playing. Then number four, we got Kofi Coburn. Um, Coburn has been absolutely ridiculous. Illinois' star player last year was obviously Io Dasunmu, who is now playing the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Coburn has stepped in and has completely taken over for them. He's averaging 22.5 points a game, 12.5 rebounds, 1.1 blocks, and 62% from the field. He is really the college basketball version of Shaquille O'Neal. Um, that's the best comparison I can give you. He He's mobile, tremendous post moves, athletic, um, as I said, mobile he can move for his move tremendously for his size. you know one of the problems he was a big recruit coming in his freshman year he's now a junior, but um he was a big recruit coming in for his freshman year, and one of the problems was his offensive game and his post moves and um you know figuring that out he didn't really have he was a little bit of a raw project, but he has come a long way and he has completely redefined his game, has become arguably the best big man in college basketball this year. But number three, I have who I think is the best big man in college basketball Um, right now, Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. Uh, Drew Timmy having another tremendous season, averaging 16.8 points, 5.9 boards, 2.3 assists, and 61.2% from the field. Um, The star player for The Zags, who are number two in the nation now, Um, one of the best players in college basketball last season. He's one of the best players again this season. Um, I think that Drew Timmy's got to be number three, especially uh, putting into effect Gonzaga's success uh, with him being a star player. So I think that's that's a good one right there. And then the top two kind of went over before. You could probably guess who my top two is but in which order is the big question. So obviously EJ Liddell and Johnny Davis are my top two. Um, it's, I think it's almost impossible to not have a top two of those two right now. Those are the by far the two best players in college basketball this season. Um, those are by far the, the two finalists for national player of the year. I would not argue either, either one having either one, one or two, but my personal opinion, I have Johnny Davis at number two um, from Wisconsin. I got E.J. Liddell at number one. Um, I think what Liddell has done for that Ohio State team, he's averaging 20 points a game, and he's the only player on the team averaging more than 10 points a game. He's averaging 20 points a game, 7.2 blocks, 2.6 assists, and 3.1 blocks. 7.2 rebounds, 2.6 assists, I, I meant to say, and 3.1 blocks um, as a 6-7 forward. Why I say averaging three blocks a game. He's he's an all-around stud. And he does it on both ends of the floor. Uh he's a great defensive player, a superb offensive player. And without him, you know, the national player of the year, I think really has to go to one guy who, if you it's it's really it's the MVP award for college basketball. So it's the so in my opinion, it's the one guy. That if you take off the team, the team is significantly worse. And I think if you take EJ Liddell off this Ohio State team, they they don't they don't just go from not being top twenty five; they go to being probably one of the worst teams, um, in the conference. You know, I think that I think that's how big of an impact he makes. And then Johnny Davis, on the other hand, has made a similar impact for Wisconsin. Wisconsin ranked thirteen this week, uh, without Johnny Davis, they're prob they probably are not even. They're probably not even in the top 25 at all this season. He's averaging 22.3 points, 7.4 boards, 2.6 assists, and 1.4 steals so far this season. Um, he's elevated himself to a potential lottery pick, the sophomore. Um, EJ Liddell is probably going to be a first round pick, but these are the top two. Um, any way you put them, you know, you can definitely argue any which way you want to argue. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to either argument, either E.J. Liddell or Johnny Davis being number one. But it's my personal opinion right now, Johnny Davis is number two, and then E.J. Liddell is number one. I think E.J. Liddell has just had such a big impact. So once again, before we wrap up the show, my top 10, I got James Akinjo at number 10 from Baylor, Jaden Ivey from Purdue at number nine, Jabari Smith from Auburn at number eight, Oscar Shebway from Kentucky at number seven, O'Shea Baji from Kansas at number six Keegan Murray from Iowa. at Number five Kofi Coburn from Illinois at number four drew Timmy from Gonzaga at number three, Johnny Davis from Wisconsin at number two and EJ Liddell from Ohio state. Number one, that's my national player of the year ladder so far. So we'll give you an updated one probably once a month. Now that we're in January, I'll probably um, a few episodes down the road, maybe uh, before the tournament or something like that, um, we'll give you an updated one, but that's my first version of the top ten. So that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. Uh, I want to thank everyone who tuned into the Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the Three and D, and to all those listening via podcast, YouTube, etc. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the Three and D, as we were saying. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week. Watch a ton of college basketball, NBA, and we'll be and we'll be back next Monday nights at the new time at eight thirty, um, for another brand new episode. So stay tuned. Go follow us on Twitter. Check out review and preview. We got a brand new show debuting Wednesday. Information to come. We got um Fonz, Mike, and Bert's wrestling show before um. Before this show, Monday nights, we got review and preview. The OG show uh, every Tuesday night. We got our new show debuting Wednesday. And then um, we did have Big Blue Avenue on Thursday night. We also have a baseball show that will resume when baseball starts up again, when we get out of the lockout especially. So check out everything from the review and preview. If you like what you see here, hit subscribe to us on YouTube, um, download our stuff on um, anywhere that you get your podcasts and, you know, hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week. Watch a ton of college basketball, watch a ton of NBA, and we'll talk to you next week.